Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. How we doing, traders? Good morning. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. We got an action-packed show for you. We got Tim Quast on later. We're going to talk about the COVID stocks, of course. We're going to look at Omnicron. We're going to see what stocks to look at. We're going to talk about some vaccine makers. We're going to get into LI Auto. And of course, we'll take some stocks from you guys out there. So welcome to Pre-Market Prep. All right. Good morning, traders out there. Welcome to it. Joel Conan, Dennis Dick. What's going on, guys? Not much. You got a happy camper here for sure. For sure. Big Michigan victory. I, I know you guys want to talk to market, so I won't I won't go into the details, but uh it's great to be a Michigan Wolverine. That's that's uh that will be my comment from the fun game on on Saturday in the big house. I know I was watching you at the press conference, Joel. Look at that. Just go in there straight, <laughs> go in and rip your shirt and flex on them. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what they did, Joe. I, they went in there and they ripped their head off. They went in there and they got aggressive. Uh, great coaching. Uh, you know, they were just, they ran the ball, you know, in the trenches. You go back to old time football, three yards and a cloud of dust. They were just ready from the opening snap. I didn't get into too many arguments with Ohio State fans uh, before the game or after the game, but uh, it was fun. On to beat Iowa, right? You can't, you got can't rest on your laurels. You got to beat Iowa and you got to get into that college football playoff. The only bad part of the game is it wasn't even part of the game. I couldn't sleep. I got up at 4 a.m. And I'm doing things around the house. I'm looking around charts. I'm making sure my daughter's on time. We drive up to Ann Arbor. We get to my perfect parking spot. I flip open the hood and the trunk and I don't have a jacket. I forgot my winter jacket and I was pretty good. I had a sweatshirt, you know, insulated and my wife was absolutely livid. She goes, I'm going back to the MDA and I'm buying you a jacket. And I'm like, no, because you're going to miss the tailgate and everything. So I knocked on the house uh, where we park and I said, can I buy a jacket? And so the guy brings me out a gray flannel, green and gray flannel shirt, a size medium. So I put that on. Lisa's laughing at me. She's like, I'm still going to the amp down to get you something. And I'm like, no, you're not. Well, as it turned out, my wife's, uh, let's see, brother and sister-in-law live in Ann Arbor, uh, a block and a half from the tailgate. So they, when they oh, weren't going to the lucky. game, yeah, it was another medium coat. So if you see me in that picture, so man, oh man, I just, I, I wasn't, I wasn't prepared. I was yelling at everybody to get in the car. And I always say, everyone got everything. And it was my freaking coat, but it didn't make any difference. But let's, let's bring on triple D. We only have them for a limited time here. Let's talk about the markets. And uh, we're actually uh, losing him in and out a little bit here. He'll he'll be back on though with us, guys. Uh, Dennis, if you guys don't know, is Blizzard out right now? He's not even going to be probably able to trade the open here. He's going to be driving back home, but he wanted to join us right here on pre-market prep. So he's trying to join in with his phone. He'll be on in a, a short second here. Uh, but we can just do the recap, Joe. Let's go. Yeah, ahead let's and do the recap. The recap. Uh, yeah, let's take a look at the markets, of course. Uh, let's take, let's put those futures up and let's take a look. What, what did you see, uh, in the overnight action? 
Oh, well, first of all, we just got killed. We got killed near the end of the day. I think a lot of it was like the less liquidity, you know, the holiday weekend. They hit the market. They hit it more in the after hours. The important thing was the close at 95.75. Um, you still had a lower open, but boom, you caught a bid one tick underneath that 6 p.m. open. And we rallied uh, 46.42.75. And, uh, for those of you who are uh, who follow the intraday highs and lows, uh, that was right near the, the the you know the intraday high from Friday from nine thirty to one. So that's a big bogey on the upside. Crude was the culprit late in the day that lost ten bucks, getting a few back today up three forty at seventy one fifty five. I guess we could forget about this retracement line because it took it out and then some. Uh, gold bouncing back. That's up five ninety seventeen ninety four. Silver up a dime at twenty three twenty three and a half. Bitcoin. I guess it just uh you know goes with the market. Bitcoin up five percent twenty nine twenty on the futures at fifty seven thousand three hundred and fifty. And Ethereum futures they're going the same way a little bit more on a percentage basis. They're up six percent at forty three fifty six. This hold uh, how the retracement. A little bit better here on the Ethereum. I think it hit as bad as Bitcoin, but uh, everything bouncing back today, Mitch. Yeah, it's a bounce back type of day. I think that's uh, you know one thing that I was looking for was was it an overreaction? We were seeing if it was going to be an overreaction, and I think we're we're just about seeing that right now. The reaction is it's a bounce back, and I'm going to be looking to for stocks to be strong in this rally back up. We'll see if we get that today. Looks like Dennis is just starting to join us in here. Let's see if we can get him on and talk about the markets here. What's what's going on, Dennis? Can you get us? <laughs> can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear yeah. you now. Um, yeah, we I got had it on you. my iPhone and my iPhone wasn't working. Can you guys hear me okay? Yep. All right. We so got you. My, so we uh, just we just did a little recap. We're talking about the markets uh, throughout the weekend. What are you thinking, Dennis? After, of course, Friday's action, um, do do you still see the weakness, or are you are you with the rally th- this wow. morning? I'm thinking not that much here because I'm still at the hotel, as you can see. So <laughs> I got uh, I got snowed in a little bit yesterday, an Ontario snowstorm. So it wasn't too bad, but I will be up back at my desk this afternoon. So just traveling to my house still, stayed an extra day because of the snow. But as you can see, still at the hotel. So I'm just, um, you know, still trying to get obviously informed here. But, um, you know, you're seeing a, a dead cat bounce is what you're really seeing here this morning. Joel and I, I think we're of the same opinion. You know, I think, you know, Friday's action was an overreaction. I think a lot of traders probably coming in today saying, okay, yeah, this was an overreaction. What can we come and buy on the dip? They had a couple of days to digest the talking over the Thanksgiving dinner and saying, yeah, you know, we had a significant sell off here, you know, the Thanksgiving weekend that is, you know, we had a significant sell off. I think, you know, this could be an opportunity. What are we buying? So it's not, it's not surprising that we came in this morning and we're seeing a nice bounce. The question is, can this bounce hold? So it's going to be critical in the first 20 minutes. What happens? You know, like not talking like the next 20 minutes. I'm talking 9.30 to 9.50 when the real money comes in. Because we know there's still a lot of institutional money that does not trade pre-market. The liquidity is just not there. They might trade their Bank of Americas or something's liquid. But the majority of stocks are not trading until we were here the bell at 9.30. So what happens? Do we see, you know, the sellers start to come in and say, okay, yeah, I want to sell into this bounce, sell into the strength. Or do we see, you know, the buy the dip mentality just continue to over, overpower that? I, I tend to think 
that were not out of the woods, even though I still think, you know, Wednesday's or, or Friday's sell-off was an overreaction. Yeah, I think also you just, I mean, this was news. I mean, also you think about the timing of the of the news on Thursday, uh, into Friday, holiday, people are traveling, and you couldn't hit the United States at the worst time, traveling, holiday shopping. So, yes, there was an over, you know, uh, an overreaction. But it's but these are the kind of moves that are important. Like, you now you have reference points if you're trying to pick a bottom and stuff down here. You know what the low was on Friday. You know where it closed on Friday. You know people are up on those positions now, that, or at least the ones that took them late in the day. Uh, so, I mean, as far as like pure numbers, I mean, for your stocks that you're trading, your lows, you want to see those lows from Friday hold. You want to see, you know, the closes. I I kind of get the feeling, and I know it's a little early here. It's 8.10 on Monday morning, but I'm I'm kind of thinking, man, you might, I don't know if you've seen the high because we're only 10, 12 points away from it, but I think there's going to there's gonna be a lot of chop here between yeah. 4,600 and yeah. 4,640 or 4,650. People that bought the dip are going to be trying to get out. People that miss buying the dip are going to be scratching their head. So a really important to hold Friday's low, but I think it's going to be a real difficult, choppy trade, you know, today. We'll, we'll see how things settle out because you didn't get uh, the super bad news. I think that's the only thing we can guarantee is there's going to be some major chop here today because this is a serious move here, obviously. Um, that happened suddenly. It caught a lot of people, and you get the bounce back. You're going to have, you know, those both those opinions that, hey, you know, I'm concerned about this. I don't think we are out of the woods. Is reopening trade is going to be on hold. Does, you know, there's so many questions. Does the vaccine work against the new variant? Because if it doesn't, then are we getting right back to where we were before if this, if this variant starts to really spread? So, you know, the question is, do we start to pile in back into the Teladocs, back into the Zooms, back into the Pelotons, back into the defense? Or do, does, is this just a blip in the radar and you want to be selling the strength into those and piling back into the reopening stocks. I think a balanced approach maybe is in store because I don't think anybody has the answer to those questions right now. All right. So let's actually transition into our first topic really here. We were just doing a recap. Let's get into uh, Omnicron now. Of course, uh, B11529 finally named. Um, so- why, do they name- why can't they come up with a decent name? First, Omnicron, which is just ridiculous in itself. I'm like, I can't, I'm like, I keep saying Omnicron. And then, you know, it, it, it then sounds to be a little bit transformery. Yeah. And then we just got to give it a bunch of numbers. Why can't we just say, you know, something, I don't know, simplistic? They always want to name these things something crazy. You and I, Dennis, aren't the doctors, and that's the reason <laughs> why. Simple um, is better. But definitely, let's take a look at some of the vaccine makers. Moderna, super strong here. Um, They also released that they could launch a new vaccine in early 2022 if testing found that the COVID-19 vaccine uh, to be inadequate. So here you guys are seeing Moderna up uh, in pre-market. And man, what a move here uh, in the last couple of days here. I mean, this is your pure, you know, COVID play. So people are going to pile into this if they're worried, obviously, about a new variant because this is the company that is, you know, this is one of the two companies or three companies that is going to obviously be coming up with the solution to the problem. So it's not surprising that you are continuing to see strength. Full disclosure, I am still long Moderna. Um, you know, obviously, it's been a good move. I bought this stock, I think, two weeks ago, around 225. So timing on this was pretty good. When it stopped going down, you can see how I like to come in. And, you know, buy yeah, my I was just going to ask you about that. What was the setup? 
What was your setup? Well, 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 you can see it gets killed, you know, back in early November. And then we just stopped going down. You can see, you know, a couple of green candles. Okay, it's starting to show some strength. I can lean out on the lows of the move now. This was a swing trade. This wasn't a long-term investment. But what I was looking at was, you know, and obviously I'm getting rewarded because of the variant. But, I mean, you know, I'm looking at those lows in the 13th, 14th, 15th. Saying, okay, I can stop myself out on the low of the move, risk myself about 15 points in Moderna. It's a significant, but it's a $225 you have stock. To. Yeah. And then I was looking for it to fill the gap, you know, that, that, you know, the gap up to like 280. But then we obviously had the good news and, you know, and it's spiked up here. So now you're starting to get into the area where it had some congestion back in late October. So, you know, it, I, I, is, am I going to lighten some up into this move? Probably. Um, you know, am I going to sell it all? Maybe. I'm not, I haven't totally decided what I'm doing with this move, but, you know, I'm up about 50% in two and a half weeks on a swing trade. So it's a pretty good trade. So do I lock into some of it on this? I probably will when I get back to my desk. I think there's a lot of different things that you have to look at for this one. You tell me what uh, I should do with the Moderna. You tell me what I should do. I, <laughs> I would I would like to see it take on it, the pre-market high. You know, that would be one of those things where I would like the, the 4 a.m. overreaction, right? That got up to 369, and you're not holding that, right? You're back at 360. So I'd maybe put a I, – I, instead of, like, trying, like, to pick the top, maybe give a stop at – 350, uh, that's pretty close. But, you know, let it get a pop. If it takes out the pre-market high, like the really, where I really want you to put the order is 377 uh, because that would fill the gap from November 30th. But, you know, first things first, you got to get through the uh, the yeah. pre-market high. That would be a gap. Do you Maybe. sit around for the last 17 points or do you lock it in and, and, and move on? I, I don't know. I mean, if yeah. we continue to see, this could be a story that could continue to remain hot if we continue to see this variant spread. I mean, Moderna could actually, you know, foreseeably, you know, eventually challenge the highs again. It's It's been a big move, though. So it, it, it tends to feel overbought in the short term. But, you know, it's all going to depend on headlines. This is now a headline stock. So and the headline is what this, you know, numbered variant that Mitch just said, obviously, Omicron. Um, you know, where is this, you know, starting to show up in different places, starting to spread? Is this going to become the dominant variant? That all is going to, you know, matter to Moderna more than anything. I don't think it's going to give it all back. I mean, I wouldn't be like, oh, I got to get out at, oh, I don't at think 360. So yeah, I think it's going to hang, you know, until you get more information. You're getting back half of the move. 356 yeah. is half of the move. I think you can hang out this 356, 360. I mean, you got, you got, you know, you got lobbed up, a, you know, like a, a fastball right down the middle, right? You bought the stock. You did it, your technicals. You did your analysis without knowing that this information was coming out. There's a catalyst. Got lucky. Positive. I got yep. lucky on the headline, you know, the, on this stock. Obviously, my long-term portfolio still goes down when the market all overall goes down. So, you know, you can say you got lucky and, okay, it's nice to own some Moderna. But I own a lot of other stocks, too, that were obviously very weak on Friday. So, you know, it's not like I'm just raking it in because, you know, we've got this COVID thing. And it's not like I was predicting that there was going to be another variant. I just like the setup from a technical perspective and thought it was oversold and it stopped going down. So, you know, rather than trying to catch the falling knife on, on er, in early November, you wait till it stops going down and then you start to go. And then obviously the headlines have been in the favor and that's why the stock has started to spike up. Yeah. Now, if you're looking you like 380, 390-400, I mean, there's a lot of people will be waiting for that. Uh, Pfizer's no, getting a look. pop. Yeah, Pfizer's getting pop. I mean, that, uh, you know, they're coming out saying that if it's a bad variant, they're going to, you know, they're going to, uh, they're going to be there. You're taking out Friday's high, 54.94. For this one, 
Uh, it's important to hold 55 after that big, uh, big move on, um, on Friday, uh, taking out, getting to 54, 94, maybe some paper stopped it at 55. They're still selling it at 55 as we speak. So that was the high. I say it holds 55 greener skies ahead, but I could see this one like a big, and this has happened with Pfizer, like a big old seller comes in, you know, when they come in, you don't know sometimes on the open, but I wouldn't be surprised on the downside. If you saw that, if you really wanted to own this today, Maybe look at that closing price of 54 even for free. Important to hold 55. And just also like one news thing, you know, could be, okay, this Omicron, it hasn't killed anybody. There's no hospitalizations. There are only people that are getting it without vaccines. There's so many things that could come up that could change the setup. So I'm from a technical standpoint, I'd like to see it hold 55. And that's an all, I believe that's an all-time high for Pfizer currently where we're trading. All right, that's not something because Pfizer obviously hit the all-time high. If we go way back to the year 2000, I think you're right. Joe. It could actually be touching the all-time high. Full disclosure, I'm long Pfizer. Not selling any of my Pfizer. I've been long it for Same about here. 20 years. I've been long it for about 20 years. I'm averaging at $13. I'm not selling any Pfizer. All right. So let's go ahead. Let's look at they're not all positive stories there with the drug makers. Uh, Merrick today uh, getting hit. Uh, it got hit with a cut price target from Citigroup. Price target down from 105 to 85. Of course, this is after their uh, kind of COVID pill just didn't bring e- enough uh, kind of e- efficacy. So we'll, we'll see how it kind of holds today. Um, this one looking like the, if there's one that's weak, it's this one. I haven't seen much many others that are weak right now, but this one does not. Look it's amazing how it turns joel you know like the headlines and if you've been fading headlines and drug stocks you've been doing well and we talked about this i'm long merc in the long-term portfolio as well you're, you're just like going through my long-term portfolio these aren't trading positions moderna is a trading position the merc and the pfizer are long-term core holdings for me um you know this was one that i said if it was a short-term trade i would have been selling it into the strength oh, yeah. back back on that pop when they had the merc pill and then Pfizer was tanking, and I was like, that was a fade. And that turned out to be one of the best fades, really, when you look back at that move where Merck had the big move up and Pfizer and, every, and, and Moderna and all the other ones and Regeneron had all the big moves down. And those were buying opportunities for all those stocks and selling opportunities for Merck. It was an overreaction as well. I mean, this market tends to overreact to everything. It's so headline-driven. It's so algorithmic-driven. You've got to be locking in those profits when you can. Um, again, if I had, you know, on for a swing trade, I would have been selling it. So I didn't sell it into that strength, but I didn't want to lock in, you know, a stock that I had bought, I think at $28 and pay a taxes on it. So I, I, it was a short term, you know, uh, short termism though. If you were a day trader on those positions, I think on all of these stocks, when you see these moves on these headlines, I think it's a time to lock in profits. So Merck kind of down here now. The question is now. Do you become a seller? Do you become a you know a buyer of it? We're down at $77. We catch the downgrade. I mean, the stock had a wicked reversal there just from a couple of days ago. You can see up to $90. Well, not a couple of days ago, but, but from you know a couple of weeks ago. If we're looking at the bottom chart there, you know, on the weeklies, I mean, it doesn't look like we topped out near 90, 92. Mark, if you go back, Joel, to like the 2000s, I believe 95 is the all-time high. Yeah. I'm just taking that from my head. I, I can't see it on your charts. And it's funny that these numbers can still just stay in your head after 21 years. But I think 20 years ago, if you could go far enough back on the charts, I do believe I remember seeing Merck at $95. It's very interesting that we turned around and reversed near those all-time highs again at 90. Can you go back that far? You know, 20-year chart on me. I'm going to have – no, 
I got the the twenty can't year. Quite gonna, get there. Yeah, I can't I quite get there. Twenty one years into the year two thousand, you're gonna see a ninety five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I got that, you here. There yeah, you, you do ya? There you go. Amazing. Nice match. Yeah, nice. Over yeah, right. yeah. Oh, oh, not quite. What was it? Ninety. So it was. Looks like I, I got eighty nine, eighty one, something like that. Yeah, eighty nine. So yeah. right around the same area. It's it's crazy though. Like you think, oh, I just buy and hold and I make money. There's 21 years you held a fantastic company like Merck, and just because you bought it ridiculous valuations, you still haven't got your money back. That goes to show you valuation in the long run always matters. Again, here's another company, a great company that has grown and grown and grown over the last 20 years. But when you're paying 50, 60 times earnings back in the tech and back, not even the tech bubble, just the stock market bubble of 2000. Um, you've got to watch because valuation eventually matters. Now valuation is fine on it at these prices, but it took, it took 20 years to grow into that valuation. So you got to watch, you know, if you're a long-term investor, you got to watch those valuations that you're paying. 87.25 I have as that 50, okay. that high right there. So yeah, let's, let's keep going guys. Let's yeah. Transition. I just want to say, I just want to say one thing yeah. out here and it's a moment of truth for Merck. Um, yeah. Last month's low 77.11. Right now, uh, this month's low, 77.11. Now, I see the gap uh, gap here, you know, down to the top of the gap. So could it go down to 76.65? That's it. This is this was the premium that you got for the pill, right? They've taken that away. Two monthly lows. I, I'll go down to 76. If you're, if you're holding on to this, I'll even give it a little bit more room. But it has to turn. Because if not, I think you just go back to where it came from, and that was like the seventy-two dollar area. So, and a downgrade today, uh, you know, after the news, they're kind of beating it up. But uh, important, important few days here for Mark. Kind of just like the market, you know, is it is it going to hold? Is it going to hold the lows? Is it going to hold the monthly lows or the daily lows from yesterday? So, just wanted to give you guys some support on MRK Merck. All right, uh, let's go ahead. Uh, it's eight twenty-four. We're going to have. Uh, Tim Quas joining us in about 10 minutes. So let's go into the next topic here. Uh, let's talk a little bit of some EV action LI earnings today. Uh, they got a Q3 beat here and their deliveries jumped 190% year over year uh, to 25,116 vehicles. The outlook in Q4 vehicles delivery is 30,000 to 32,000 vehicles. So to me, that's actually something to note of. So you're talking about a year over year, 25,000 vehicles. And just in Q4, they expect 30,000 vehicles to be delivered. So definitely pay attention to that. Um, And if you look at their earnings, uh, the consensus was a a loss of two cents. They got a five cents uh, shareholder there. Um, and we'll see if they can continue kind of leading the market there. NIO has been the leader in the Chinese market, but LI definitely stepping in here and trying to compete. I like you say leader with 35,000 cars. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. Uh, I'll look. Yeah, go ahead, Dennis. Show Let's do a live yeah, first. Yeah, Neo. I just want to look at Neil for a second. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. For me, it's opening right into this high, uh, which is just under 35. So, hey, baby, you hold 35, just keep on buying. You know, that's the level. If not, I mean, and, and if you're looking for more, then you got a monthly high 
of uh, 3666. Where to buy this thing on a pullback? I don't know, but uh, hold 35, see what happens at 3666. Dennis, what's your thoughts on this one? Well, the EV story was very hot, obviously, a week or two ago, and then we started to cool off before this whole variant, and then obviously we had mm-hmm. the variant, and you know, now we get you know some of the money coming out of some of the higher growth names continuing to do that. I, I uh, it, uh, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere for me. You know, sometimes you got a softball, you know, a fast pitch up the middle, you can hammer it. And, you know, and other times they're throwing you a curveball. And here it's tough. It's a tough pitch to hit. So I'm just going to take a pass. Also, is, is like the government, have they come down on the uh, on the EV makers at all? You know, we've had the Baba. We've had, you know, the different things. I mean, you never know. You just come in on this one. They, so far they haven't picked on them, right? Uh, they're... So the, my recollection, no. you know, they come in and kneecapped them. So that's always a factor. But uh, important to hold 35 here, LI, and then someone asked about Lucid, LCID, and yeah. ooh, that better I hold mean, they 50. they held up well. Yeah. <laughs> they held up well. Let's just Good say they held there. up well on Friday. You know, you had a market that was getting hammered on a lot of different stocks. And some of the, some of the EV names actually held up pretty well obviously we know it was a reopening sell-off so this kind of doesn't fall into that this is more i i don't think you classify these as reopening or stay at home a lot of these ev plays are just kind of their own thing but you know obviously it was a very hard reopening hit you know that we took on friday but they held up well the question is you know is this the kind of market that wants to take more risk because you know and that and that's to be determined here we're going to be determining a lot of that after today you know is this buy the dip buy this market right back in the face of another potential variant, or do we take more chips off the table? I mean, the market has been pretty strong. The EV market has been very strong. This Lucid has been very strong. It's still holding trend, but you're kind of at the moment of truth on this LCID. I mean, if we start to lose that low of the move, even going back, we start to really lose 50. I mean, oh, that, that, I love that you're line. punched up there. I love it. Yep. Yeah, so I'm yep. looking at 50 here. I think above 50, you're still staying long. You start to cut through 50, and I think you take your profits and you run. So that would be the cutoff point for me on this. Yep, uh, the lows are 49.50, yeah, so call 49. Give yourself, you know, because a lot of times it comes <laughs> through 50. Maybe we give it a 49. So, you know, that's where I would be if I was taking a long and loose or if I was long loose that I priced all myself out under 49 at this point. I agree. I mean, market shopping around, are you going to stop out and everything? That could be the problem, too. Big move. Big yep. move, big move, three lower What's highs. Fisker? I didn't look at Fisker on Friday. Well, I'm still long half of it. What did it what Fisky, Fisky. One uh, thing I'll, I'll state about that Lucid, um, it, it does, and for you guys that study Elliott Waves, that does look like a pullback now through that 49, uh, and we would start getting a correction wave. We'll see if we get it. I, right. You know what? I, I went downtown last night for uh, lighting the menorah in the D. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I gave, you know, Lisa my old, you know, autonomous, you know, EV. I go, wouldn't it be nice just to like, if I wanted to come back downtown, you know, we just, uh, <laughs> you know, just dial it up. And I mean, I did have a good parking spot and everything. And she just looked at me and she's like, that is so far out of the way. You are so crazy. That is not going to be happening for a long time. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, I mean, it's here, but Obviously, the infrastructure, the safety capability. She's like, she doesn't trust them. That's what they're, you know, like, how far, I did pose the question, how far would you let, you know, an autonomous vehicle, you know, self-driving vehicle take you? And she goes, nowhere. So, 
Yeah. So We're, I don't know. I'm ready to go. Eventually, we are going to have that technology, but everybody thinks it's next year. We're not at that stage, or we're going to be fully autonomous, and you're going to be going to sleep. I would love that right now. I've got a you know five hour car ride ahead of me. I'd love to just be able to hit the autopilot button, trade the backseat, <laughs> not worry about anything. And I that think we will get there. Is what we but need. I think we're ten years. I think we're ten years at least away from that. So the future uh. is not now. The future is the future. So you know, EV. Or do we have you know? Like, really, this autonomous drive that Tesla has, too. It's just, you know, my friend has a Tesla, and he's like, all it is is enhanced cruise control, really, is what it is, because it stays between the lines. You know, you're on the freeway, you know, and it pulls it between the lines, but it doesn't turn a corner. It doesn't do other things. It just basically is staying between the lines. You can do the auto park. You can do the sum, and there's some cool stuff in there. But we are a long ways away. You know, they've got, and this is what I think, you know, I was reading before, too. They've got, like, the 99%. It's grabbing that 1%. That's the hard part. You know, the car can do 99% of it, but what does it do in the event that, you know, we've got an accident ahead? What do we do? That's, there's a sudden change in information. You know, can the car react quickly enough? Can the system, you know, there's so many variants, you know, to try to pick all that up. So it's going to take a long time to get that last 1%. That's yep. why full autonomous drive where we just press our button and go to sleep and wake up and we're there. I think is a long ways away still. So I, I, I would kind of fight against that because there's so many companies okay. focusing on LIDAR right now. Um, so one of the things that is the biggest focus in autonomous is really uh, an EV is autonomous. For me, I agree with you. I think we need autonomous to do this big EV adoption because you need some technology to get the consumer to want to go over the top to buy another vehicle to get an EV, right? I mean, you give me a credit that helps me buy the vehicle, but that doesn't incentivize me to actually go out and get another vehicle, let's say if I have a new one already. And so what I think is gonna happen here is once autonomous really hits, and that's gonna be the focus, I think, first, because that will bring some new technology to these cars that a gas vehicle doesn't have right now. And so that, would, I think, would bring the consumer over the top to being like, okay, yeah, I'll go get a car if I can just sit back, relax, and enjoy oh, the show. I'd, I'd buy you know one, I mean? one right now. If that was out there, if that car was out there right now where I can just go and it can be trusted, you know, like I, I would go and buy one right now too. It would be a game changer. I think we will get there. I think we will yeah. get there. And it's going to be – I think but that's which the companies push. Are the ones that, and which companies are the ones that are taking us there? Is it Tesla? Tesla is the best right now. That's why it's got the market cap that it does. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we know Elon Musk, you know, it's you know, got potential too. But there's going to be a lot of other companies that are going to have to have to get there. So there's going to be a lot of money made along the path over the next five to ten years. There's going to be a lot of money lost. You're trying to figure out which ones are going to be the companies that are going to be the companies that take us forward in this. You know, it's, it's still a question mark. We know Tesla's going to be a big part of it. I still believe Ford and GM are going to be a big part of it as well. But there's going to be a lot of little companies, too, that are going to make some money, too. But when you're coming and you're betting on a Lucid with a market cap of near or a Ford or GM or you're betting on a Rivian that has a market cap greater than Ford and, you know, and, and, and your GM, I mean, you're already kind of betting with so much, you know, you're betting that these are the companies. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like, oh, this is a $4 billion bet in Fisker. So, you know, where, you know, it could grow into, you know, a, a larger valuation. It's like, where is this going? You, know, you got a hundred billion dollar valuation on a company that hasn't really even still, you know, it, yes, they got some cars coming. It, it makes it tougher. So, you know, that's why I like, you know, looking at these three, four billion dollar plays of smaller companies that could potentially be, you know, 10 baggers for you. Where, where are you going with the rip? I mean, is it going to be a 10 bagger? Maybe if it's the player, but, you know, I think you're, <laughs> you're paying up. Long ways away. 
on all this. On, on, on all of them. You know, the Fisker could be a zero too. It's still all speculation. But, you know, I'd right. speculate on a three or four billion dollar company than a hundred billion dollar company. <laughs> going to go ahead and cut in here to do one more topic with you, Dennis, before we get you on out of here. Yeah, uh, Dennis, I got to go get on back. Drive and I'm, yeah. Definitely. So let's go ahead. Let's get into the last topic before we get Dennis on out of here. Let's talk Black Friday. I didn't want to miss out. Uh, so shopping pandemic, uh, the levels dropped 28% to pre-pandemic levels, uh, up about 47% from last year. Uh, so it looks like the Black Friday shopping wasn't as hot as pre-pandemic, but it, it wasn't too far off there, 28%. What are you guys thinking? Do you guys Did you guys hear your friends going Black Friday shopping? What did you guys get? It, 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 uh, from what I was hearing, it you know was a disappointment, really. I mean, obviously, my wife is trying to help out on Amazon as much as she possibly can. She's doing Cyber Monday here too. I mean, there she's buying stuff like crazy. I don't know if Lisa's buying stuff like crazy, huge. But um, it's online, not going to the stores. And I mean, it's the same story here. Is the trend to online shopping continues to not go away? Those days where we're lining up around the block to try to get into Best Buy. And, you know, and, and, you know, and, and sleeping out for two days ahead of time to try to get the best deals. I don't know if that's the future there. So I think it was a disappointment for a lot of retailers. Obviously, they, they got hammered because we had a reopening sell off because of the variant, which hammered them on a day. That there you go. Pretty good for retailers. So you had a lot of retailers like Macy's that were down 10, 15 yeah. percent on that day. Let's take a look at some of those charts. Sales. Yeah. Take a quick. Perfect. Look. Uh, Dennis, you put it together. Well, uh, I mean, let's go back two weeks, right? Q3 earnings season, retailers ripping it, right? Well, most of them, not every single one. Mm-hmm. High, you know, so you really had some high expectations, right? You're coming off earnings. You're coming into the, the holiday season. Ridiculous moves in Macy's. I mean, hasn't seen levels since uh, July or mid-2018, right? So you're very high no. expectations after the Q3 earnings, Okay, so you know you're going to need big headlines follow through, and you get the opposite. You get the exact opposite. You get a you know you get a a COVID scare. So stocks were they they had a real. You talk about a high bar to set, and that bar was just so high with the earnings expectations. Now the question is is okay. It had the run up. You had to pull back. You know you really want to own these stocks. You're getting an opportunity to own them. For looking at uh, Macy's right here, holding in the thirty dollar level, you know, maybe get a little bounce back half of those moves. But I just think it was just a, a set of circumstances that were just really, really difficult. And then, boom, COVID. You know, the 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 new variant comes in and knocked them. So selling with selling when the uh, peanuts when the circus is in town. And now, uh, you know, are you, are you trying to pick up some bargains? I think it's a little too early to tell here with some of these retail stocks. Yeah, I'll I'm definitely say keep goodbye. watching. I, All right, Dennis. Yeah, thank you. Out you. Out got Tim, say hi to Tim. We're going to bring Tim on in place of me. So that's going to be a good trade anyways. <laughs> I will <laughs> Could you do your you dance? Are you going to do your dance? The I Tim Quas dance? <laughs> Yeah, the no? All right, well, that bitch do it. No dance. I'll, I'll rock it for you. Tim, I love you. I'll rock it. I, Tim, I will see you next Monday if you are listening in the background. I've got to go travel and get he, on the road. He I is waving at you, Dennis. He's Tim, waving at you. you. He man. hopes you have a good Look, one. I'm just like Tim now. I'm, I'm, I'm trading from random places here now. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dennis. Thank you although, very although much. Safe travels. Hey, yeah, drive safe, Dennis. Appreciate it. 
All right, guys. Yes, it is that time to go to Tim Quas, and it is Market Structure Mondays. Can we get a little market structure going? Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. All right, let's go ahead. What's going on, Tim? How we doing? Welcome to the show. Well, good to see you, Mitch. Good to see you, Joel. And uh, I'm sorry, I missed Dennis. He's, he's out. So our friends tease us because we're on the road all the time, and they turned our name into a verb. They say, we've been out quasting. I like and, it. Uh, I yeah, like I think, it. I see Dennis is out quasting. I don't know where he's headed, but uh, it, uh, I hope he's headed somewhere fair. He's on the uh, yearly quast, you know? <laughs> you know what? Also, now, now you got me <clears throat> thinking, you know, you could also use the term, like, let's say, you know, Tim comes on, he talks about his stock, and – it doesn't turn out so well. You got quasted. You're right. right? There's that. There's <laughs> you, always that. You know, there's the for every for every for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So you have to be aware of that risk. That's right. All right. I <clears> want to tell before. Yeah. yeah. Before you get started, I, I just want to sure. you know go back <clears> to <throat> you know you, your indicators, that market structure, edge, and yep. markets change so quickly. Right. Look at the complexion of the market. I mean, just in like when people, you know, to give my perspective on the markets, what happened on on Friday, you got to look at perspective of what happened on Wednesday night and Thursday. Right. The spoos opened Wednesday night at 6 p.m. They traded until Thanksgiving, uh, you know, right before the Lions game at 1 p.m. And we actually came within 20 points of the old time high. <clears throat> Right. Mm -hmm. We were up. And then you had the okay. reversal, of course, because of the news. So I know how quickly I can react to my numbers because I, you know, my numbers are simple. I use daily highs and lows and a couple of other things that, you know, help me come up with my analysis. But market structure edge, I mean, you need a couple of days to digest this stuff. How does it process the information? And, you know, when are the signals actionable? Well, we tell people don't buy falling sentiment and avoid the times in the market where you're going to be uh, vulnerable to what machines do. And those are holiday periods when, uh, when investors are out of the market, earnings when investors may be digesting information, options, expirations, month ends. And you had a combination of two of those things here, month end and a holiday. And uh, you, you have to be aware of those risks. I'll show you what, what broad market sentiment indicated before that. But I, I don't like to be in the market during periods where I know that the, the, the machines, computerized traders, we call them fast traders, are going to be able to sift the supply demand data and move the market 
in the direction that they want because that's what they do. Uh, I listen to CNBC most of market hours on Friday and, and one person <clears throat> said something relevant and he generally does, Tom Lee from Fundstraft. He said, the professionals aren't at their desks. This is computerized trading. Uh, I wrote in the, the on yesterday morning, it was out this morning before the open, that a half day is not a trend, one day is not a trend. Uh, investors were not in the market on Friday. You cannot draw logical, long-term, rational conclusions about a market that is dominated by machines that don't want to own anything. That's that's just that's just illogical and nonsensical. And yep. people who under that I said in the note that the, the beginning point, no matter what you're doing, whether it's math, science, medicine, law, education, construction, cattle ranching, or the stock market, the beginning point is to understand how it works. How does it work? Well, everybody, this is a great lesson. It's a great lesson to, to, to remind us that the market does not work the way that you think it does. Uh, now, sure, the, the Omicron can, can play some role, uh, we could go back to to uh, just to March 2020 and talk about how there are hundreds of coronaviruses, the billion colds that we saw. I've got one right now, and I'm COVID positive at this very moment. And I've been I've been much sicker than I am now, and I was out traveling, you know. So it's it, this to me is not. You, you, I'm reminded of a a set, and I'll get back to the market here in one moment. I'm reminded of two important sayings. There's this. Did you guys see the movie The Shawshank Redemption? You yes. know, okay, so it's a it's a Stephen King short story, and the the you know the, the the essential line of the movie from Andy Dufresne is get busy living or get busy dying. You're doing one of the two, and so what are we going to do as a people? Uh, and then you know I would say that one of, once again I like to I'd like to reference certain theological things because I think they have merit. There's this great line and. In the, in, the, in the book of Ecclesiastes 9, 10, and 11, it says, you know, the race isn't to the swift, battle isn't to the strong, time and chance happen to everybody, so go give it your all. Whatever you do, do it with your might. And I think that's love the it, mindset. Those are the mindsets that we have to have as, as, a, as a participants. Now, back to how the market works. I want to show you some data. So let me, let me share my screen. And, and look, EdgeMob, we don't put every single thing that we could show you in the platform. We try to simplify it because you can really get lost in the weeds. However, I do want to show you this. So here are data that we run internally. This is the S&P 500. It's the composite stocks, not the, not the uh, SPX. And so this is for the five days ended to the 26th. So through Friday, through Friday, here's what the data showed. There was a, add this up, here's active investment. This is stock picking, off 2%. Passive investment, indexes, ETFs, quants, off 9%. Add those two up. Mm -hmm. Now we're approaching 12%. Risk management, the use of derivatives, off 4%. You add all that stuff together, there was a 15% decline in the kinds of stuff that actually depend on owning equities. And what was the only behavior up last week? It was fast trading. Hudson River trading. Those algos. Exactly. And it was true in both the S&P 500 and the Russell 3000. If I home in on just Friday, which we can do by running a day-to-day -day comparative, I picked Walmart here as just an example. Look at the S&P 500 on Friday. 
the only behavior that increased proportionately day over day was fast trading. And it was a staggering part of the market. So I don't even have to wonder what occurred. I know what occurred. So uh, this is why we say be very careful into those periods. If we look at uh, what, the, what the broad market sentiment was doing into Thanksgiving, this is it. That is a long ski hill. By the way, our ski hills out here are wanting for snow. Yes. But here's a pretty slick slope. Do you want to be do you want to be long equities on that slope? Well, not really, right? You would wait. You wait for the new month, new month, new money. And uh, now this may be the bottom. I I don't know. I I don't know, but I think uh, this kind of condition sets us up for a period where uh where, where the the machines have a day to exploit the absence of of uh, demand mm -hmm. and to influence supply and price and profit on volatility. The folks at Virtue, look, they're good folks. I'm not maligning these machines. They're merely taking advantage of what the thousands of pages of regulation all boil down to, continuous auction market. There must continually be 100 shares of stuff to buy and sell. And that trumps the actual existence of stuff to buy and sell. They can manufacture it. So. The supply and demand cannot be trusted, particularly when investors are not in the market. So we set ourselves up for this big drop, but now we might have a very nice run. I'm not Define fast money for me. Define fast money for me. Right. So I, I actually went, did this for, our, for the uh, readers this morning. I said, let me redefine what this means. What do we mean when we say fast trading, high frequency trading? Scott Patterson, a Wall Street Journal writer mm -hmm. back over a decade ago, he's the one who coined that phrase, high-frequency trading, meaning it's being done at very high speeds. So the, what we mean is there are a set of firms, and there are hundreds of them, but about 15 of them execute over 50% over 50 of market volume. That is Citadel, uh, Two Sigma, again, huge firm, uh, Virtu, huge player, uh, Hudson River Trading, Quant Lab, Infinium GTS. By the way, Infinium GTS, Virtu, and Citadel are the four designated market makers on the floor of the NYSE. They price all NYSE equities at the open. You can't use a customer order to price the NYSE at the open. At the NASDAQ, it's the whole market is a time priority market, but at the NASDAQ, there aren't designated market makers. It's an electronic order entry system. It's a market maker model, right? So they, and they run three platforms. So who's going to be the best, who's going to have the fastest, best bid and offer? High frequency trading firms. So fast traders are machines, the computerized traders who trade their own book, proprietary trading. Yes, Citadel runs a crossing platform. Virtu has a, has a, um, a, an algorithm, has a router that you, that will handle customer orders. But generally when they're pricing, they're using their own capital and they're trying to do it faster than everybody else in the market by being everywhere simultaneously and being as close to the servers of the exchanges as they possibly can be. So they can move faster. I use the analogy. It's like a, it's like a football field where you remove half the defense and you have the fastest running back in the league and you let him run up and down the field. That's what happened on Friday. So that's what high-frequency trading is, Joel. Okay. All right, Tim, I also, you, you made a statement. You said, like, in the market. Um, mm -hmm. like, uh, like, Dennis and I talk about different time frames. I mean, I'm always in the market. 
I mean, the, sure. the you know, so like, do you, do you, you, you must have a separate portfolio, right? A very oh, sure. long term portfolio. Okay. Cause when you said you did, because there's no way that, you know, with the sentiment and the mood, you know, the changes in the market that I can right. move all my money. And, and I mean, it would be ridiculous. I mean, I wouldn't do it. I mean, the transactions right. cost or whatever. So when you say, in the market, are you talking right. just your short term, your swing portfolio, a half a dozen stocks you're looking at from the long, you know, the long side or the short side? Absolutely. Okay. I have my edge trading portfolio. Okay. Then we have managed accounts. Uh, we we okay. have, you know, we have we have regulated accounts, long term retirement accounts. We have non retirement assets. All okay. of those things are going to have. You know, I have a lot of investment in private businesses. I. I put okay. more into private businesses than public equities because of what I know. I know that I understand the market very well and how okay. it works. And I know that it's subject to artifice and trickery. And so, but for my trading purposes, yes, okay. for edge with the whole point of edge is I want to take gains, not chances, right? So if there's something like this occurring, I'm likely to largely remove myself from the market unless there's something that I think is likely to move contrary to the market. I mentioned i told the edge mob, you could look at the fangs, you could look at Amazon. Amazon has a good supply demand balance. Amazon was actually up on Friday. Mm -hmm. So there will be things that work even in these conditions, but you have to be very selective when the whole demand side is working against you. So that's how to, how to think about it. You know, if you, you could put, pick just about any sector on Friday, look at communication services, very weak demand side. Supply side's fine, but it ticked up on Friday. Cloud computing, no weak demand side, high supply side. Clean energy, weak demand, high supply. Wouldn't be trading clean energy right now. Mm -hmm. Consumer discretionary doesn't look good. Consumer staples doesn't look great. Uh, even COVID isn't great. That ought to be telling for us. If there's a whole rush of people out of the, uh, you know, back to work trade into, into the stay at home trade, well, it doesn't show up there. Energy doesn't look good. So, but what does look good? Uh, yeah, exactly. What does look good? It, right. It's the fangs. It's even the fangs had a little uptick in supply on Friday. See this right here. Uh, but the demand side, the demand side's rising, and the supply side is below trend. That would tell me those stocks, and they are twenty-five percent of the market, can 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 carry the whole market to a positive start to December. That's my expectation. It could break down. All right, so I'm seeing uh, uh, one of those scans there for the fives. Uh, looks yes. like the consumer staples. That that to me is standing out to me a little bit, um, and I have seen some names start getting moving in there. Um, is there any any on here that are standing out a, a little bit more than the others here? Well, that's a great question, Mitch. Because if you if you think that money's going to turn cautious or defensive, then you want to move into the big and stables. I call them. And so here, the it, consumer staples is the primary place that you would find these. But this is a this is a dynamic portfolio that will look for things that are likely to be low volatility hedges. So if all of a sudden everybody's concerned about ooh, this stuff going on and could stocks be volatile, what are you going to move into? Mondelez, Procter and Gamble, Waste Management, Hershey, uh, you know, ADP stocks like that. And particularly, I would like ones that aren't more than 50% short. So that really points to Mondelez, Procter & Gamble, Waste Management right on the line, IDEX. You know, there's 
that's that's an industrials, but uh, the, that's what that's going to look for. Look for big stocks that are likely to be more stable. Definitely. It looks like uh, some values um, coming into play here. Um, a lot of investors are probably going to come back and start looking to see if, you know, we should start increasing our portfolios weighted a little bit more towards value. You know, for a while there, it was, you know, growth uh, really taking over a majority of those portfolios. So that's, that's something I definitely think we'll, we'll be watching to see into 2022. Well, let's, and, and I don't disagree, Mitch. I think if, if, if the market begins to struggle, that's absolutely going to be the case. Uh, I would point out, but keep in mind, machines did this. High frequency traders did this. It wasn't uh, rational human beings mm -hmm. saying, I want to hedge myself, but look how look how high the short volume was. In This is taking the whole portfolio and saying, what, what happened to the supply side versus the demand side? To me, this says that as we come into the end of the month, this is when month end window dressing occurs. It's T plus two. So we're in the plus two now, 29th, 30th. And then, then we start a new month. I look at this and say, at this point, if, if it's a read, if there's a five day read out of here, uh, there was people parked some money in these big stocks into Thanksgiving for precisely what occurred. But then maybe in December, they're not going to stay there. I, we'll see. It'll be very telling. What does that new money in the new month do? Because all of us put money to work. Right? Where, did we change our asset allocations? I didn't change mine. Did you? No. So, to, Joel, to your, right to, your, right to your long-term strategies, we didn't change On our this news, you, you'll be pulling your hair out if you do exactly. that. You can't, you exactly. Can't do that. So if we didn't do it, did, did State Street, did BlackRock, did Vanguard, did Fidelity? I doubt it. So unless and until something significant occurs, I don't, I don't think this lasts. I think that the market will be okay. Doesn't mean at some point we're not going to have, you know, it's funny. I talked to Spencer, uh, a catastrophe. I said, I said last week to, to Spencer, I said, right now in the data, I don't see a catastrophe. But it was a half-day catastrophe on Friday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how it is. I mean, well, the right. fast traders right. took right. over right. there. So um, we'll definitely mm -hmm. be watching to see how that transitions today. Thank you for coming on, Tim Quas. If you, you guys out there want to get uh, Market Structure Edge, of course, download it, guys. You guys don't even need a credit card. Check it out. I definitely suggest it. And one of the things, like always, as traders, we're watching supply and demand. So thank you, Tim. You got it. Have a good week, guys. All right. All right. We are uh, we got a little rally going on here, folks. Yeah, let's take uh, a look at pumping into the open. Uh now we're up 49 handles at uh 49 or 46, 44, 75. We're trading above the interday high from Friday, folks. And if you don't know what I mean by the interday high, that just is what takes place between 9:30 and 4:15. So that was, you know, that's where we started out Tuesday uh Friday morning. So we're basically right back where we were. We had that lower open on Friday. They bought, they did not buy the, well, the open, we had to pop off the open, but it sold off here. So really important, keeping an eye right on this uh, 46, the actual number was uh, 46, 43 and a quarter. So we hold that, man. We'll work our way back up. We don't have any uh, any closes until quite quite higher up. Uh, I believe Wednesday's close was forty uh, forty six ninety nine. So that would just be saying that would just be saying that Friday never happened. 
It was yep. there, Omicron is no big deal. That that's what Demarco would be saying to me. I'm a little skeptical that's going to play out today. So definitely uh, throw up some tickers in the chat there. We got a couple of minutes, about four minutes left before uh, we get towards uh, kind of live trading. And Joel will get to pre market prep plus. Definitely check that out. One thing I will remind you guys is on December 10th or December 11th, we will be having the third of the professional trading course guys this is an intro to professional trading this will be on execution because i like you know at the end of the day you one thing i see from a lot of traders out there is that we don't understand all the order types how to put in our order and how to have an edge in ordering to begin with because at the end of the day one thing that we don't want to be doing is showing our hands too much we'll talk about exactly what that means in the kind of the the webinar i know joel's going to be there dennis is going to be you know going on non-stop you know as a prop trader he he takes advantage a lot of these uh different routes and how to direct route to that kind of market that you're going to and another thing is understanding the market depth right one of the things that dennis always talks about is understanding that you need data on your side and sometimes you need to pay for that data so you can understand how that market depth affects the market. Um, you could have the best idea, you could have the best trading idea in the world, but unless you can, whether it's a short-term trade, a scalp, uh, a swing trade, unless you can get executed right comfortably, like oh, I missed that, I missed that. You don't want to have regrets. That what that event, the last event of the year, is going to be dedicated in just helping you get that positive slippage, helping you get in out of the market. Helping you get out of the market, helping you perhaps maximize a trade that you're into by using the different sources. So I'm fired up for that. You can go to premarketprep.com. Also, we have uh, the other two courses uh, that we offer, just a basic intro intro to professional trading and then uh, trading relationships. And if you're not looking at relationships in the market today, seeing what things are going on, then you're missing over half of the market, but we got a couple minutes here, Mitch. Where do you, you want to do a do few it. tickers? What do yeah, you want to do for me? Let's run through it. So I saw F cell mentioned in the chat there. Fuel so I'll cell. go to that one fuel cell there. Um, not a bad one to take a look at. Of course, what do we got going, going into on? next year? You got the infrastructure play. A lot of people still looking at some of these plays. It has pulled back recently. Um, what are you seeing there from those levels, Joe? Ah, Ben, this is like a tough one, but I'll, mm-hmm. I'll just throw it out there for you. You're trading up. Are you confident that this thing put a low of the move in, right? You had a couple lows in this area. Uh, Friday's low was right here. So what you st- you have an area. If you want to strike, you can lean on this area. It looks like you gave back like half of this move. Uh, on the upside, for me to really get excited about this one, folks, you got to until you clear 960, then this stock has shown nothing to me. Until you get back over 960, you haven't hit that in the pre-market. 920 is the pre-market high. Double top. Got to take. Got to get over 960, and this will have some metal on the downside. You better hope. Uh, you know, you got the same lows at the 860 area. Important for that to hold. Um, someone's asked about roadblocks here, and I guess you don't get Omicron in the metaverse. I just want to. This I like these kind of charts. I like these kind of moves. You had your move up to 140 and change, right? 140, 160, mm-hmm. 21 point break. You guys know what I like to look at this, that 
uh, comes in like 126 area. You got through that on Friday. You got uh, you got to 131. So that's the I mean, hold in here, consolidate and take out that 131. I think you might have a little more work to do on the downside. Uh, what was the close from yesterday? 2265. Uh, you definitely don't want to see that tested. But I'm looking for this just to hang in here. Decide whether or not it was just a great buy the dip going up to a new all-time high or more work due on the downside. Spoo's continuing the rip here. Uh, I'm going to finish up. We're up 50 and a quarter handles, 46 and a half. We're above the Friday, uh, Friday's interday high. Uh, uh, that close on Thursday, or excuse me, Wednesday, that you want to keep an eye on, 46.99. And then that market be telling you that Omnicom was nothing. I'm a little skeptical that's going to happen today. I'm going to hop over to premarketprep.com. Sorry if I missed your symbols. You can hop over there. Mitch, great job today. Uh, a little bit late on the crew, but uh, thanks for having, handling everything. And be back with you uh, at the close today at uh, 3.30. All right. There you guys have it. We'll see you on at the close. Like always, guys, check out Joe on premarketprep.com. That's also where you can sign up for that webinar. I definitely suggest it. Um, I, I think we got so many questions on the last webinar about execution. That's why we're doing this order execution webinar. So don't miss that. Uh, and like always, guys, we're going to keep building here on Benzinga. Like always, smash the like. Up next, you got live trading with I, Ryan, and Zunaid. Stick around, guys. We're going to do some live trading. We do sector analysis. We look at some topics. We do some watch list watch. If you guys got a stock, we also cover it on live trading. So if you haven't checked out live trading before with Benzinga, I would definitely suggest it. It's our fastest growing show, and it's definitely where you want to be. So we'll see you there. That's up next. And like always, guys, keep battling out there in the markets. It's not always so easy. We're going to look to see if we get some bounce back today after that hard Friday. And we'll see you on at the close. Until then, guys, keep battling out there. Benzinga, get Benzinga Pro. I, it's still on sale, I think. We think we got a Cyber Monday sale. So don't miss out on it. If you got your opportunity uh, to get a discount on something, not only for the month, I saw a yearly discount. So check that out. And We'll see you guys on live trading. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market, consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.